We have an anchor that keeps the soul steady. The Anchor of the Soul with Mike Hickson, preacher for the Olive Branch Church of Christ in Olive Branch, Mississippi. Grounded firm and deep in the Savior's love. And now, Mike Hickson. Today we're going to be looking at the passage read a moment ago, Psalm 3. And really, I would imagine that Psalm 3 and Psalm 55 are linked together. I believe the background is the same. And the circumstances have to do with David, the great king of Israel. As a matter of fact, the anointed king of Israel. And so today in our study, we're going to be talking about when the unexpected happens in life. It'd be great if life always went as expected. Wouldn't it be great to know that all of our plans and hopes and aspirations would come true? Very few times in life do people have what we might call a storybook existence. Life takes so many twists and turns, and so many times things don't necessarily go as planned. Many of us, we understand that life can literally change overnight. Some of us have experienced radical changes in life. And yet, though sometimes things don't necessarily go as planned, we find a way to plod along and make it through. David was a great man. And no doubt David had a lot of highs in life. As a matter of fact, David would have been, by all accounts, an extremely successful individual. Identified by the writers in the long ago as a man after God's own heart. David holds a very special place in the history of the Israelite nation. And though David was victorious and successful and had so many things going for him, there were times in life when things didn't necessarily go as planned. And what I want us to understand is, no matter who we are, life doesn't always go as planned, whether it be with regard to our marriage, our children, our job, school, I mean, there are just so many variables in life. And so, in light of that, the real question is, how do we react? I want to call attention to Psalm 3 in our study today. And I want to begin, David here is talking about a very difficult circumstance in his life. What we would call an unexpected event. And David here is going to speak of a perpetrator, someone that we might call an enemy. Interestingly, the person that David is talking about is his own flesh and blood, a young man by the name of Absalom. And so I want you to look with me, if you would, for just a moment and listen to what David says in verse 1. Lord, how they have increased who trouble me. Many are they who rise up against me. Many are they who say of me, there is no help for him in God. 
The tide had turned in the life of David. And just briefly as I call attention to the identity of his enemy. If you go back and look at the book of 2 Samuel, the writer there provides us with a narrative really highlighting the problems that arose in the life of David. Let me just very quickly call attention to 2 Samuel. In verse 14, the Bible talks in a very candid way about Absalom. Two things stand out. Number one, he was a very slick individual. And number two, he was a very subversive individual. Some background information. Absalom had a sister by the name of Tamar. He had a brother by the name of Amnon. Amnon was quite taken by his half-sister. He made some overtures toward her. She resisted those overtures. So when he didn't get his way, he raped her. And then wouldn't have anything to do with her. Well, Absalom became furious. And so he began plotting and planning to render judgment on him. And ultimately the text tells us that he had him killed. As a result of that, he had to seek asylum outside the city of Jerusalem. And so he left the city and for some three years dwelt outside the city of Jerusalem. Now the Bible talks about, again, in a very candid way, about Absalom. In verse 25 of chapter 14, the Bible says, In all Israel there was no one who was praised as much as Absalom for his good looks. From the sole of his foot to the crown of his head, there was no blemish in him. A very suave, debonairing individual. Someone who was very slick. When Absalom finally returned, the Bible tells us that he began setting in motion a series of events that would ultimately topple the kingdom in his favor. In other words, he sought to steal the kingdom. The text tells us that in verse 6 of chapter 15 that Absalom stole the hearts of the men of Israel. And then in verse 7 and following, believe it or not, now kingdoms aren't necessarily toppled overnight. It took many, many years for this to occur, but what ultimately Absalom did was he proclaimed himself king. And the Bible says in verse 12, the conspiracy grew strong for the people with Absalom continually increased in number. As a result of that, it made it impossible for David to remain in the city of Jerusalem. And so in verse 13 and following, the Bible tells us that he had to hastily get out of town. Look at verse 13. A messenger came to David saying, the hearts of the men of Israel are with Absalom. And David said to all his servants who were with him at Jerusalem, arise and let us flee or else we shall not escape from Absalom. 
Make haste to depart, lest he overtake us suddenly and bring disaster upon us and strike the city with the edge of the sword. Then in verse 30, you'll read about David and those with him as they ascended the Mount of Olives. And the Bible tells us that David wept as he went up. And the text tells us that not only did David weep, but that those who were with him went up weeping as well. And so, you talk about life changing and circumstances changing. How could, how could, how could your own flesh and blood, how could your own flesh and blood turn against you? Basically, that's what Absalom did. And so in Psalm 3, the background to this account, David literally pours out his heart. I mentioned a moment ago Psalm 55. And in Psalm 55, just very quickly, look with me and listen to David as he discusses the circumstances In verse 1, he said, Give ear to my prayer, O God. Do not hide yourself from my supplication. Attend to me and hear me, he said. I am restless in my complaint. And he said, I moan noisily because of the voice of the enemy, because of the oppressor of the wicked, for they bring down trouble upon me. And he said, In wrath they hate me. Absalom led a great conspiracy. And we talk about a coup. Somebody coming in and stealing something. Well, that's exactly what David's son did. In verse 4, he said, My heart is severely pained within me. The terrors of death have fallen upon me. Fearfulness and trembling have come upon me. Horror has overwhelmed me. And then he said in verse 6, and we can identify with this because when we think about times in life when things take unexpected turns, David said, oh, that I had wings like a dove. For then I would fly away and be at rest. Indeed, he said, I would wander far off and remain in the wilderness. I would hasten my escape from the windy storm and tempest. One of the low, low points in the life of David. It might be that you're here today and your life has taken a series of unexpected twists and turns. And things are not necessarily working out as had had initially planned. Things aren't going as expected. And so in Psalm 3, David, in a very heartfelt way, talks about the difficulties he's facing. So let's think in the second place of his provisions. And David here is going to talk first and foremost of his protector. David realizes that he's been banished. He's had to flee the city. Many are hunting and hounding him. And you think about the hurt. You know, one of the, I think one of the greatest hurts in life is when we have problems with our own family. And David was having some very real problems in life. So David talks about how God was his shield. Listen to him in verse 3. But you, O Lord, are a shield for me. Literally, you are around me. Over in Psalm 126, the psalmist talks about the mountains that surround the city of Jerusalem. 
And he said, just as the mountains surround Jerusalem, even so, he said, the Lord surrounds his people. A shield is used as, used as a defense mechanism, isn't it? And David is saying here that God was his defender. God was his shield. And he could hide behind that shield. And he said, not only was God his shield, but God was his sustainer. He said, but you, O Lord, are a shield for me. My glory and the one who lifts up my head. Think about how when life takes those unexpected turns and life isn't necessarily going as planned. And sometimes our countenance begins to drop and we hang our head. Our shoulders slump. We're discouraged, depressed, and yet what David is saying is the Lord. The Lord is the one that lifted me up. The Lord is the one that sustained me in Psalm 55. David would say in this same context, cast your burden on the Lord. And the reason is, he said, he will sustain you. And then down in verse, in verse 5, he talks about how the Lord had sustained him. The Lord functioned not only as a shield for David, but the Lord sustained David. And then I think about his prayer. Listen to him, if you would, in verse 4. He cried out to the Lord. And you think about how sometimes verbally we cry out to God in anguish and hurt with the troubles and trials of life. And David said, I cried to the Lord with my voice. In Psalm 55, David would say, evening, morning, and noon will I pray and cry aloud. Here was a guy that was facing some tough times in life. And one of the ways that he sought to offset his difficulties and those unexpected turns was to bow to God and pray. And you think about the power of prayer and the privilege of prayer and all the blessings associated with being able to cry out to God. And that's exactly what David was doing. David was crying out to God. And you can read the Psalms. And over and over again, David will talk about his anguish of heart, his difficulties, his trials. And many, many times he bathed those trials in prayer. So he speaks of his cry to the Lord, but then note, if you would, his consolation. And sometimes we talk about praying to God, looking for God's intervention, his help in life. And again, David here is facing some very difficult times. You think about he is God's anointed. His own son has sought to wrest the kingdom from his hands. He has identified himself or proclaimed himself to be the king. The hearts of the children of Israel are now following Absalom. And David has a small band of people. Later he would get his thoughts together and ultimately rise up and overcome the coup. But here's the consolation. He said, I cried to the Lord with my voice. And listen to what he says. And he heard me from his holy hill. Do you know what David's saying? David is saying, I cried to the Lord, I prayed to the Lord, and God heard my prayer. 
In Psalm 55, David said in verse 17, Evening, morning, and noon will I pray and cry aloud. And David said, And he will hear my voice. Did you know when your life takes an unexpected turn, whether it be sickness, disease, problems with your children, difficulties with your spouse, whatever the problem, whatever the conflict in life, to know that there is a God in heaven who genuinely cares for you as a human being, as as a soul, and that there is a God in heaven who will listen to your prayers and who will answer your prayers. Again, think about what David said in Psalm 55. Cast your burden on the Lord, and he'll sustain you. In other words, God will get you through it. And you think about prayer and how sometimes we wrestle with circumstances and difficulties and sometimes those difficulties are beyond the scope of our control. David was dealing with a very difficult thing in life. And I suspect that things didn't look so good. But David chose to put his trust in God. Let me call attention to a third thing, and that is his peace. It's true, David had a contingency of people that were after him. There was a perpetrator, his own son, and Absalom was leading a conspiracy against the king. There were provisions. But note, if you would, his peace. And David is going to talk about his comfort in the Lord. Listen to what he says in verse 5. I lay down and slept. He said, I awoke for the Lord sustained me. How many times when you face difficulties in life do you lie awake at night twisting and turning, and you can't sleep. Mind is running 100 miles an hour, and you can't shut it down, and you're wrestling with this problem or that problem or this person or that person, and you're in great conflict. Life has taken an unexpected turn, and you're having difficulty dealing with it. And yet what I think David is saying here is, He said, I lay down and I slept. David, because of his trust in God, could awaken the next morning refreshed. Why? Because he trusted God. And really because he learned, I think he learned to do two things. Number one, he learned the importance of trusting God come what may. And sometimes we have difficulty trusting in God. Sometimes we say we trust God, but when push comes to shove, we really don't trust Him like we should. You know, Solomon said, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not under your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him, and He will direct your paths. Do you completely, 100% trust God? Come what may. David trusted God. As a matter of fact, in Psalm 56, David would acknowledge his tremendous trust in God. 
So first, we've got to learn to trust God. Number two, we've got to learn to turn it over to God. David is praying to God. And David has poured out his heart to God. We looked at Psalm 55. Regularly, David is praying about this circumstance in his life. Sometimes the difficulty in life is to relinquish control and to put it in God's hands. What was it David said again? Cast your burden where? On the Lord. And what will he do? He will sustain you. What was it Peter said? You want a New Testament correlation to what David said? 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 7. Peter said, casting all your care on him, for he cares for you. Sometimes we have to learn to give it to God. Turn it over to him. The Hebrew writer said, let us therefore draw boldly under the throne of grace that we may receive mercy, listen to him, and find grace to help in time of need. What do you think David did? David gave his problem to God. And that's what we have to do. To learn to give it to him. So David is refreshed, but then note if you would his resolve. In verse 6, he said, I will not be afraid of 10,000s of people who have set themselves against me all around. Now, I don't know how many people had joined Absalom, but I know this, the conspiracy was great and the numbers were increasing. And David is saying here, look, come what may, I am not going to be afraid. I don't care what. In Psalm 56, here's what David said. Whenever I am afraid, I will trust in you. He said, in God, I I will praise his word. David is saying, look, when I become fearful in life, I'll trust you. Whenever, whatever, wherever, I'll trust you. And David is saying here, I'm not going to be afraid. Yes, there is a large contingency of people that have turned their back on me, that are after me, but I'm not going to be afraid. That's my resolve. Now, note if you would, finally, as we think about his peace, you think about his comfort in the Lord, but his confidence in the Lord. Listen to him in verse 7. And David recognizes God's power to deliver his people from their burdens. Here's what he says, verse 7. Arise, O Lord, save me, O my God, for you have struck all my enemies on the cheekbone. You have broken the teeth of the ungodly. Look at the scriptures. And go back and just begin researching time and again the adversities and the adversaries that God's people faced on so many occasions. And look, if you will, to the power of Almighty God and the ability that He has demonstrated in days gone by to deliver His people from their burdens. Do you remember the children of Israel when they were in Egyptian bondage and they're crying out to God for relief? And God, what did God do? God said with an outstretched arm, 
He brought them out of Egypt. God has delivered his people in days gone by from their burdens and he will continue to do so. Why? Because he is a God who cares about his people. So I think about God's power to deliver his people from their burdens. And David here talks about that. And ultimately, when you read the text, God brought David through this trial. And then David talks about God's power to dispense his blessings upon his people. Listen to him in verse 8. Salvation belongs to the Lord. And then he said, your blessing is upon your people. Does God have the ability to bless his people even in times of difficulty? Yes, he does. You know, the psalmist in Psalm 68, 19, many, many years ago said, blessed be the Lord, listen to him, who daily loads us with benefits or blessings. To recognize that there is a God who has the ability and the power to dispense an endless array of blessings in life. James would say every good gift and every perfect gift comes down from above. From the Father of lights with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. David recognized that he could place his confidence in the God of heaven. And so today, David, many, many years ago, some 3,000 years ago, David faced some difficult times. His life took, as we would say, an unexpected turn. It may be the case that your life has already taken an unexpected turn. It might be the case that not today, not tomorrow, not next week or next month, but there's coming a day when your life is going to take an unexpected turn. And things aren't going to go as planned. And you're going to wonder, how am I going to get through this? Well, there's hope. And I think what David is saying here is that God had the ability and the power to pull him through. And God can pull you through whatever you're facing in your life. But you've got to learn to trust him. And you've got to learn to turn it over to him. David did. If you're here today and you're not a Christian and maybe you're struggling in life and it might be that your life is out of control and you're thinking right now, I never imagined my life being where it is today. My life's in disarray. My plans have gone awry. I feel like I'm out of control. I'm spiraling out of control. I don't know where to turn. I don't know what to do. Well, let me say this. You know, just because you become a Christian doesn't mean that all your troubles are going to go away. But it does mean that you've got somebody who will stand with you come what may, through thick or thin. It does mean that you can turn to God and pour your heart out to him. He'll listen, and he'll be right there for you every step of the way. So what would you need to do to become a Christian? You know, the Bible says that we need to believe that Jesus is the Son of God because Jesus said, except you believe that I am he, you'll die in your sins. 
And then to be willing to turn from the world, from a life of sin. It's called repentance. On Pentecost Day, Peter told those people who were in Jerusalem to repent. And then to confess with your mouth what you believe in your heart. And that is, I know you believe Jesus is the Son of God. The Bible then says we're to be immersed in water. And the reason is that we might contact the blood of Christ, which washes away all of our sins. And Peter said those who are baptized into Christ enjoy the remission of their sins, Acts 2.38. The washing away of sins, Acts 22.16. And then to live faithfully. Tough times, probably. Why? Because we live in a world filled with tough times. But to know that there's a God who genuinely cares and who will be with me every step of the way. When I come to the end of life, I, like David, can say, yes, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil because you're with me. If you're here today and you're not what you ought to be as a Christian, and you need the prayers of the church, we'd be happy to pray with you and for you today. You know, the Bible says if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us, to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Thank you for listening to the Anchor of the Soul. Your speaker has been Mike Hickson, preacher for the Olive Branch Church of Christ, located at 9100 East Sandage Road in Olive Branch, Mississippi. To hear this lesson again, go to olivebranchchurchofchrist.org. Tune in next Sunday for more of the Anchor of the Soul. We have an anchor that keeps the soul Steadfast and sure while the billows roll Fastened to the rock which cannot move Grounded firm and deep in the Savior's love